Welcome to College App 101. I'm your host, Dr. Riley. Succeeding in high school is challenging, and applying to college is overwhelming. I hope my comments here ease the tension you may feel. It'll benefit you to think like a college admissions counselor. She's the lady who will read your application to UNC Chapel Hill or Drexel. He's the guy who will handle your application to Arizona State or Miami. I work with many such professionals. They're great people and committed to helping you apply to their school. At this point in my career, I've spent several years in elementary and secondary education, private and public schools. I've written scores of letters of recommendation helping seniors apply to college. I've edited admissions essays. I've had countless conversations about college and various career paths. As part of a classical great books liberal arts education, my current position, I've read Latin with middle and grammar school students. I've taught the grand literary masters, Shakespeare, Rousseau, Shelley, and others. The scene I have in mind at the moment is in a private high school. I'm standing in a classroom of freshmen. Narrow but tall windows permit daylight into the room. It's early in the calendar year. The weather is a little foul. Clouds fully obscure the blue sky outside. I'm speaking about career fields and the college education required to achieve those careers. One student announces she plans to be a physician. An expected goal with this group, a medical career is the most common professional path that these private school students have, but I know this young lady. Unlike many of her peers with a similar goal, she actually has the aptitude to be a doctor someday. She goes on to say that she intends to be a dermatologist. Wow, I think that's pretty specific, especially for a high school freshman. So I probe a little and ask, why dermatology? She doesn't miss a beat. Yeah, she says, dermatologists make more money than any other type of doctor. I haven't heard that before. I'm not even sure she's right, but her comment strikes me, especially since I can understand the appeal of financial security and getting rich. College-bound students choosing a college major and subsequent career path on the basis of its financial payback is a worthy consideration. Life is expensive. Cars, houses, children, groceries. It's wise to consider how to pay for an intended lifestyle, which includes clothes, transportation, groceries, housing, and everything necessary to run a household. When you're financially rich, paying for those things can be easier. So here are some thoughts about the value of getting rich. And given this time of year, I'd like to frame my comments within the, con- within the context of an American Christmas movie classic. It's a Wonderful Life. George Bailey, portrayed by Jimmy Stewart, is the main character. George is an ordinary, lovable guy in small-town America. He's got a wife and kids, and he runs a building and loan business. His absent-minded Uncle Billy is on George's staff, and on Christmas Eve, Billy manages to misplace several thousand dollars. The movie's nearly 80 years old, so the amount in today's money is about $125,000. That's a lot of money. If George Bailey were a dermatologist, then he could maybe cover the misplaced money, but he's not a doctor. George believes he himself faces criminal charges due to Uncle Billy's negligence, and in despair, George contemplates taking his own life. At this point in the movie, God intervenes and sends George's guardian angel Clarence to George's rescue. George does not end his life, but he does see an alternate reality, 
a reality that shows George how the generosity, kindness, and love that he has faithfully dispensed year in and year out have made the world a better place and made a difference in the lives of his friends and family. In the December 1987 edition of Guideposts magazine, Jimmy Stewart wrote an article about It's a Wonderful Life called It Is a Wonderful Life. In the article, Stewart, again, Stewart portrays the main character, George, Stewart explains that the movie arose in post-World War II era Hollywood. It was filmed on one of the longest movie sets made, covering some four acres. The special effects were cutting edge for the era. And he insinuates the hand of God was somehow on the movie, even though it was far from a box office hit and failed to win awards. It's a very nice, heartwarming article. To me, though, the power in It's a Wonderful Life is it demonstrates not the value of financial riches. George Bailey is, to be sure, middle class. The wealth in the town is held by the antagonist, Mr. Potter. It's a Wonderful Life displays the value of relational riches. At the end of the movie, George's friends get him out of his jam. He's rich relationally. And college-bound students, I want the same for you. I want you to be rich in relationships with friends and family. A few moments ago, I mentioned my role as a teacher in a classical, great books, liberal arts school. In some ways, this approach to education is like other schools, but in many ways, it's quite different. In classical education, the sophisticated takes precedence over the mundane. The tried and true, the classic that's been around for centuries, trumps innovation. In classical education, there's a sense of pride in, for example, membership in the school chess club. I saw one of my colleagues in a t-shirt that said, I play chess, what's your superpower? Or words to that effect. In fact, I'd like to use an extended chess metaphor to tell a rich in relationships story. The object in chess is to take out your opponent's king, which is the second weakest piece on the board. The strongest piece is the queen. The second and third strongest pieces are the bishop and rook. The queen... Bishop and Rook work with other pieces to defend the king and keep the king from being put in check. Check means the king isn't taken yet, but is very close. Or even worse, checkmate, which means the game is over, the opponent successfully taking the king. Imagine for a moment life as a chess game. I'm the king, my wife is the queen, and my friends are the other pieces that, along with the queen, protect me. The week that I have in mind is a week when I was put in check and eventually checkmate. Looking back, it was a week and season, really, of heartache, despair, and confusion. Uh, This is the week that I lost at chess. Again, this is an extended metaphor, and I'm, I'm being deliberately ambiguous here, so bear with me. The sun rose that week on a beautiful summer Monday. There was not one cloud in the sky, clear blue sky, crystal clear. It was basically a normal Monday. I was working productively, but by mid-afternoon, things did not feel right. Pieces on the chessboard of life were moving, and the moves were unfavorable to me. I remember that Monday evening. I was at a swim meet at our community pool. Friends and family were there, kids swimming laps in the heat despite the setting sun, water splashing on the deck. A fun scene, but I was seriously preoccupied. Because I didn't want to be an alarmist, I decided to hold my tongue about my concerns. I didn't tell the queen, my wife, but at this event, but at this event I did find myself alone with a close friend. He's a rook. The rook is responsible to protect the king. I did not intend to tell him about what I was seeing around me that day in terms of check or, God forbid, checkmate, 
but his wife was in charge of the snack bar, needed more ice, and conscripted us to fetch some. While marking time at the nearest gas station, waiting for ice and in the car to and fro, he began to ask me direct questions that were impossible to evade. I still don't know what prompted him, but I told him everything. He listened carefully, and I found comfort in sharing my burden with a friend. When my head hit the pillow that night, I sensed, check. The sun rose on Tuesday the next day. It was comparable to Monday. Beautiful sunrise with sunny skies. Two significant things happened that day in my relationships. The first is I had an early morning coffee meeting with another very close friend. He's a bishop, also responsible to protect the king. Again, I didn't want to make a mountain out of a molehill. So as we sat outside the coffee shop with the sun rising in the east, filling the horizon with a golden hue, I minimized my concerns about Czech and checkmate and disclosed very little to him. Shortly after the meeting, I was working. As the day got underway, I could sense more pieces were moving, moves ominous to me. A second ago, I mentioned two significant things that happened that Tuesday in my relationships. The second thing was I lost my queen. As I said earlier, in the game of chess, the queen is the most powerful piece. She's able to protect the king more than any other piece. Now, now students, I talk rarely about Mrs. Riley, but there's a lot of truth in this metaphor. While she would say that I protect her more than she protects me, she certainly protects me. In the Divine Comedy, the Renaissance poet Dante is inspired by Beatrice, and on his journey through hell to heaven, she's a light to him. My relationship with Mrs. Riley is comparable. She's a light. She's extremely generous in spirit. What's more is I draw an immense amount of strength from my relationship with her. And on Tuesday, she left town on a sister's trip. By day's end that day, again, I sensed I was in check. Wednesday was more to the same. Beautiful weather, chess pieces moving, unfavorably so. A sense of extreme vulnerability was in the air as I perceived again, check. By Thursday, I could see the opposition closing in. Shortly after lunch, I got word. Checkmate. These moments are devastating. A breakup, cut from the team, rejection from your dream school, a relationship that dies despite hopes that it'll live, a bombed SAT. It seems everything crumbles around us. Moments after checkmate, I reached out to my rook for support. That evening, I actually placed a call to my bishop. I still remember his agony over the phone. I just want to fix it, he said. College-bound students, as I look back across time at that week, there were dollars in my wallet. I wasn't a dermatologist, but there was money in the bank. Yet in my anguish, it mattered little to me. What mattered was there was a rook. There was a bishop. They came alongside me, lifted me up, and carried me when I didn't have the strength to move ahead by myself. Students, hopefully your college major leads to a career path that provides for your financial needs. Dermatology or not, the world needs people who demonstrate extreme generosity to earn truckloads of money. Maybe that'll be you. But more than that, I hope you, like George Bailey, find yourself rich in relationships. I wish you all a wonderful Christmas and a happy holiday season. If you've enjoyed this and other College App 101 podcasts, please share them through social media, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or my website. Until next time, I'm Dr. Riley, your pre-college advisor and independent educational consultant. For more information about succeeding in high school and college apps, visit my website, collegeapp101.com. That's college, 
C-O-L-L-E-G-E, app, A-P-P, 101.com.